We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio Network. First broadcast of 2022. First live broadcast of 2022. Here we are uh, on AFA at The Core. I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you today. We are live broadcasting from our headquarters in Tupelo, Mississippi. The otherwise known as birthplace of Elvis Presley. That's what everybody knows. Oh yeah, baby. Tupelo as Bobby. <laughs> Good impersonation there. We got it. We got Elvis back. impersonators everywhere. I mean, you can't you can't go across town without seeing an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> um, but that's what people want to know. Where's Tupelo? Well, Tupelo's the home of Elvis. So there you go. I would just like to have his dad's original Plymouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His birthplace is just across town here. Um, uh, on a separate note, we got Bobby Rosa on the board, my producer, and then we got Jeff McIntosh over here filling in for Marty, uh, running the video. So Thank you, guys, Jay Mac. That's right. Thanks, uh, thanks, guys, for being in here today. Not that you had much of a choice, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't have much of a choice either. You know, Happy this New is, Year. This is my show, and we got to do it. So let's do the show. Um, jumping right into it, we're in uh, continuing our study and our reading in the Book of Psalm, and. Um, I am in Psalm chapter 4, Psalms, plural, because there's over 100 chapters in Psalms, but I'm in Psalm chapter 4 today, continuing the Psalms of David. So we'll read all of chapter 4 this week. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? David's speaking to his enemies here. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts, on your own beds, and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your faces. Upon us, O Lord, you have put more joy in my heart than they have when their uh, grain and wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. So that's Psalm chapter 4 there. You know, a topic that I've been looking into in Scripture and other places is uh, angry. And so one thing that I'm working through is that you can be angry and not sin. That's what David says there in verse 4 of chapter 4 here in Psalm. Um, so being angry and not sinning uh, means you can be upset, you can be frustrated, you can be angry at a situation or at an injustice, a biblical injustice. You know, the word injustice gets thrown around a lot. Well, where do we base our definition of justice from when we look in Scripture? What is justice according to God's terms? Um, so that's where we base our, our, our definition of justice from. Um, and you can be angry and not sin. 
Uh, we don't need to be vengeful. We don't need to be seeking to take out revenge on those who do us wrong. Um, instead, we could we should seek God for justice and look according to his word to base our definition of justice. Um, and uh, I mentioned last week in Psalm chapter 3 that God, we, we don't need to limit God in our own mind. Of course, we can't limit God. Um, because he wouldn't be God if we could. But in our mind, the way we think about things, the way we view situations, we can block out God from 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 exercising his power and authority in our lives by not having a proper view of him. And when you see here in the last verse, verse 8, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. We don't need to just look at God as, as that, that he can just perform spiritual acts. God himself can also perform physical acts, and that can be applied to our physical or our spiritual safety. Um, oftentimes we catch ourselves, and I said this a few weeks ago, we, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of this, we find ourselves praying for physical protection, all right? Which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to always, well, we have to do two things. We need to also simultaneously be praying for spiritual protection because what good is our physical body if spiritually we're destroyed? And so we need to simultaneously be praying for spiritual protection that God would sustain us spiritually, but also why do we pray for God to sustain us spiritually and physically so that we can do his purposes? so that we can carry out his will. So prayers for protection um, can be good, can be noble, can be right according to Scripture, but the purpose of our, our petition before God needs to be so that we will be preserved to honor and glorify him, not so we can do stuff for ourselves, and we don't need to be praying things for ourselves, for our own good, for our own benefit, uh, for worldly purposes, but we pray for protection, for spiritual protection, physical protection, uh, so that we can be preserved to then continue honoring Christ where we are now on this earth where he has placed us. So that should drive us uh, when we ask God to sustain us and protect us. Um, our website is AFR.net. If you want to get the podcast or listen live to the show, you can always do that on our website, AFR.net. We have the American Family Radio app out there as well. It's available for um, download, and then you can not only listen live to this show, AFA at the Core, but you can also get our podcast by going uh, to the AFA at the Core podcast on the American Family Radio app. We're live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube. Go to our show page, AFA at the Core. Watch the video there. So that's a couple ways to keep up with the show. Uh, Jumping right into the show and the topics for this week, you know, the... um, the, 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 the government, our leaders, our, who are supposed to be our leaders, um, the Biden administration, I mean, they have been all over the map when it comes to pretty much every policy discussion. I mean, this just isn't, isn't isolated to how to handle COVID, but this, this, is, this has to do with economics and all kind of policy debates. They are all over the map. I mean, they go back and forth and they contradict and they, they say this and then they say that the next day. But I want to get back and focus in on the topic of the vaccine or 
otherwise known as the shop. Because th- th- this gets this gets moved past, and I'm guilty of it. This gets moved past so quickly that that we come back to it and we go, wait, that's not right. Okay, so so let's let's hone in on this. Let's let's anchor just for a little while this segment, at least, on this topic, the topic of the COVID shot. When you pull up, uh, uh, we have we have. The traditional, historic understanding, scientifically, medically based understanding and definition of what it means to be immunized, what it means to be vaccinated, which those are not necessarily one and the same, what it means to be immunized, what it means to be vaccinated. Um, and th- so that's what that's what I want to talk about because these definitions have quite literally been changed. Our own FDA and CDC have gone on their websites and they've changed what it means to be vaccinated, what what the definition of a vaccine is, and what it means to be immunized. They've completely gone in and changed that. The traditional understanding and what you and I think of or we should think of, when uh, people start talking about a vaccine, whether it be the COVID-19 shot or other um, common shots or traditional vaccines that were given to people uh, growing up, the, the status quo and the, the, the standard has been that vaccines must prevent infection. That's not like on a best-case scenario. no. Vaccines, by definition, are designed or should be designed to induce an immune response so that when your body is, is, when your immune system is exposed to whatever vaccine you get, when your body is exposed to that same illness, virus, disease, whatever it is, down the road, your body goes, oh, okay, I know how to fight this. And so your body prevents disease. Well, really, the, the immune response prevents infection, prevents disease. So that's the status quo. We don't give out the chickenpox vaccine going, yeah, you know, this this might work. We were not really sure. It, it might work, you know, three out of 10 times or 30% efficacy rate. No, you don't. You get the, the chickenpox shot and you go, I'm, I'm not going to get chickenpox. <laughs> All right, and yes, there are extremely rare scenarios where you do get chickenpox, even though you got the vaccine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Nothing is 100% effective, so we understand that. But what we're talking about now is the emergency use authorization and the full authorization that the FDA has given to a lot of these pharmaceutical companies as it relates to the COVID-19 shot. I'm reading directly from the FDA fact sheet for the Moderna shot. All right, Moderna's a company that makes a shot. Well, you got Pfizer, you have Johnson & Johnson, and probably a couple others, international uh, uh, manufacturers of these shots. But in the Moderna fact sheet, it mentions that this shot is, is designed to, quote, prevent COVID-19. End quote. And it mentions that over six times in a document that is only seven pages. 
Okay, so basically on every page, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, says that the Moderna shot, and this is the same language for all of them, that these shots are, are designed or are intended to prevent disease, not make you less symptomatic, not make you less likely to go to the hospital or less likely to, 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 to die uh, with or because of COVID. No, no, no. These shots were supposed to prevent transmission, prevent illness, prevent disease. And now here we are about over 12 months after these things have been released to the public. Going into the third year of the pandemic and people talk about vaccines as if they're therapeutics. You know, you have a conversation with somebody about whether we should get the shot, not to get the shot, and they go, well, you know, it, uh, it, it, helps, it keeps you out of the hospital. Come on, Walker, just get the shot. It keeps you out of the hospital. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. It keeps me out of the hospital or it keeps me from getting COVID-19? Oh, wait, it, well, you can still get COVID. <laughs> That's what the CDC director said, quite plainly. You can get COVID and you can spread COVID if you have the shot. Oh, Walker, it, it'll keep you out of the hospital. I mean, look. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You look at all the hospitals. It's full of unvaccinated people. Well, maybe. <laughs> we don't even know that. Why? Because the CDC quit tracking it. The last time they updated their page on breakthrough infections and hospitalizations was like before Thanksgiving. So we're not, we don't have good data on that. But let's just say for a minute that the premise is accurate. That these shots are serving as therapeutics and not serving as true vaccines. That changes the game. From a legal standpoint, from a scientific and medical standpoint, that is a deal breaker. All right? What is being mandated around the world and what is being mandated to have dinner outdoors or, or have dinner in public in New York City... <laughs> is a vaccine, what has been known and what is expected to prevent, completely prevent illness. What is now being mandated in reality is a therapeutic, something that doesn't prevent illness. That is a game changer. And we cannot forget that they are willy-nilly changing definitions all the time. We'll be back in a few minutes. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The city lies four square, its length, width, and height all equal, 1,380 miles for each dimension. The city's wall is 216 feet high, Twelve gates around the city, with each gate made of a single pearl. Streets of gold so pure, they're translucent. No need for a sun, God's glory lights the city. No tears, no pain. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Does your daughter have a knack for building towering building block creations? Or perhaps you get to enjoy fully functional Lego cities that take over your living room. I loved building creations with my kids and now my grandkids. I believe Legos can offer us a great lesson in connection. Each Lego is colorful and unique with its various number of studs, but alone, the brick does nothing but fall prey to a vacuum or a toddler's mouth. It is only through the connection with other bricks that a structure takes formation. Let us remember the lesson that the Lord taught us in Genesis. We are meant to have connection. Together, evaluate new ways your daughter can seek out fellowship and form new godly connections that will allow her to thrive. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. One of the greatest attacks in America was an attack perpetrated by our very own Supreme Court. That was a legalization of abortion. Now, subsequent to that, there have been 70 million babies slaughtered in the wombs of their mothers. That is more than the entire population of Canada and Australia combined. Kevin Sorbo of the hit films God's Not Dead and Let There Be Light supports life. I wanted to invite you to offer your full support for the ministry of Preborn and its leader, Dan Steiner. The team at Preborn is very focused and very successful at saving preborn babies from abortion. Join Kevin Sorbo and Preborn in Standing for Life. By letting a mother see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time. For $140, you can help save five babies' lives. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. So glad to have you with us today on the show. Don't forget to get the podcast at AFR.net or by going wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribing to AFA at the core on those separate platforms. Back into the show for today. You know, this uh, uh, this this handling of uh, of COVID has just gone way overboard. And it's gotten way out of control, and and nothing nothing adds up. Like there's nothing about what we're doing as a society where you go, yeah, you know that makes sense. <laughs> you know that makes sense. That's how we've traditionally handled things. So yeah, let's do that. Now everything you look at with this whole COVID situation it is is being uh, turned upside down. I mean, the way as a society that we're handling this it is. It just does not add up on paper. And one area where we are seeing this is, you know, I talked last segment about how these shots are being are being delivered and being pitched on the media and everywhere as these shots are being are being sold quite literally as vaccines, but but on 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 a, a good day on, on best case scenario, they are performing as therapeutics. All right. And that's, that's, that's trusting that they are even performing as therapeutics. That data is still being debated amongst the scientific community. But let's just once again, operate under the assumption that these shots actually maybe 
prevent you from getting a more severe case of COVID. We don't really know that, but let's just operate under that assumption. There are other therapeutics that don't have near the VAERS reports, <laughs> don't have near the adverse reaction report numbers as the shots, and all the quote-unquote experts have been shunning, shaming, and blocking these other forms of treatment. And when I'm, when I'm talking, what, what's so unfortunate here is that there are more people riding this COVID tyranny bandwagon or train than I thought would be. You know, it's one thing for Fauci and, you know, the folks over at the FDA and the CDC who want to get a job at Pfizer in about three years when they retire from the CDC. You know, it's one thing for them to be, you know, riding this COVID train where it's all hysteria and what works we don't use and what doesn't work we use and we mandate and we change and we change the definition and we do all this crazy stuff. But there are doctors and nurses and scientists out in the field, everyday average folks, our neighbors, and they are riding this train too. They are riding this train too. There are boards of health. There are hospital systems, university systems that are all riding this train with the crazy people at the CDC and the FDA. And I'm, I'm being quite literal here. I'm not being, I'm not being cynical or sarcastic. No, I'm talking the, the actions that they're taking are crazy. Like it doesn't make sense. It does not add up. It does not follow logic and reason. Well, one of the treatment forms that is being blocked is these monoclonal antibody treatments. And there's a couple different companies that make them. The Florida Surgeon General, Florida is one of the states, Mississippi as well, where uh, the if we flash back, and I'm going to play a clip here, if we go back to August slash September 2021, just a handful of months ago, the Biden administration, along with the HHS, Department of Health and Human Services, they decided it would be a great idea to start micromanaging, quite literally, the distribution of the monoclonal antibody treatments and the dosage that's being sent out to all the states. So Biden's administration said, hey, let's get involved in this. Let's, let's don't let the private companies work directly with the states where clinics and hospitals can just order whatever they want like a free market system, Biden's administration, with no real cause, just started meddling around and basically took over the entire um, supply chain and distribution management for these antibodies. All right? And so this is a clip from the White House briefing room. This is Jen Psaki being questioned by a White House correspondent about why on earth would the Department of Health and Human Services start micromanaging the distribution of these antibody treatments to all the states. Let's listen. He promised on September 9th that he was going to send 50% more supply of monoclonal antibodies to states. Yet, the Biden administration is cutting supplies in red states by 50%. So, for example, in Florida, they were expecting to get 70,000 doses this week, which they say they need. They're only getting 30,000 doses. And this is not just for unvaccinated people. In South Florida, Half the people who are seeking this treatment are fully vaccinated. So why is the Biden administration cutting these supplies? 
That's not accurate. So let me give you the accurate information. Uh, first of all, we are increasing our distribution this month by 50%. In early August, we were distributing an average of 100,000 doses per week. Now we're shipping an average of 150,000 doses per week. Over the last month, though, uh, and one thing that I think people need to understand for clarity, facts, I know, I know you're like facts, um, is that monoclonal antibodies mm. are life-saving therapies that are used after infection to prevent more severe outcomes. So clearly the way to protect people and save more lives is to get them vaccinated so that they don't get uh, the COVID to begin with. But over the last month, given the rise in cases due to the Delta variant and the lower number of vaccination rates in some of these states, like Florida, like Texas, just seven states are making up 70% of the orders. Our supply is not unlimited, and we believe it should be equitable across uh, states across the country. Do you there have been no reports of a, a, a lack of supply, so why cut them to those states only if there's no reports I think our role as the, as the government overseeing the entire country is to be equitable in how we distribute. We're not going to give a greater percentage to Florida over Oklahoma, nor do I think are you suggesting that. I think we have to move on. All right. Uh, so, so let's talk equity, all right, which is, a, which is a loaded term, and it can be used for all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but let's just operate under that. that, that yeah, let's, let's be equitable here. They are blocking treatment from people who need it. And it's, we're not, folks, we are not in a third world country where, you know, some people can get it and some people can, and we're just, it's just, you know, flipping a coin to see who gets treated. No, we have plenty as a country. We have plenty of this, of these antibody treatments. The Biden administration is quite literally blocking orders going into Florida. The Florida Surgeon General wrote a letter recently to the HHS Secretary, Xavier Becerra, on Tuesday of last week. This is from the New York Post, alleging uh, the, the Surgeon General, who's an excellent gentleman, by the way, Dr. Joseph Lapato, um, I'm sorry, Ledapo, he alleged that HHS had reduced the number of antibodies allocated to the Sunshine State earlier this year, quote, without any advance notice, end quote. This goes back to September. Which, which back in September, it wasn't noticed as much. Why? Because Florida's case numbers were going down. Well, now Florida's case numbers, pretty much the rest of the country, are going up. The uh, Florida Surgeon General goes on to say, quote, the sudden suspension of multiple monoclonal antibody therapy treatments from distribution to Florida removes a health care provider's ability to decide the best treatment options for their patients in this state, end quote. Goes on to say that this short-sightedness is especially evident given the f the, that the federal government effectively prohibited states from purchasing these monoclonal antibodies and serving their populations directly. And so we have we have two things here. We have the equity garbage, which that's not equitable at all. The Biden administration claims they're sending doses to states that really don't need them. She mentioned Oklahoma, and that clip was from September. Okay, well, at that point, Florida needed them. And I know a personal example, just this past week, 
where someone in their mid-30s had an appointment to get the antibody infusion. Well, the infusion center calls and says, well, you know, sir or ma'am, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to cancel your appointment. We're going to have to cancel your appointment for two reasons. For two reasons. We don't have enough antibodies. So we're having to prioritize high-risk patients, someone 65 or older with comorbidities. Okay. But then they go on to say that the infusion center goes on to say that also we're not giving this out to people, many people right now, because it doesn't work against Omicron. But, but, but let me add this. They're not testing for Omicron. Okay, there are some laboratories that are doing small a level testing for variants. Yes, that's true. But your average person, you and I, we go get tested at a medical clinic. They don't know what variant it is. And when you ask the doctor, is this Delta, Alpha, Omicron? Which one is it? They go, we don't know. Do it. I promise you. And many of you have done this. You go, which variant do I have? The doctor will say this. He will say, you know, we don't have the capabilities here at this medical clinic to run laboratory tests to tell you what variants you have. But here are the variants that are most widely uh, spreading. So they're blocking treatment in the name of two things. In the name of lack of distribution, lack of supply, but also that it doesn't work against Omicron. Okay, how do you know I have Omicron? Well, we don't know. Okay, so you're going to prevent me treatment because you're gambling thinking that I might have Omicron when I could have Delta, Alpha, or some other variant that they haven't exposed yet. This is the level of stupidity that these medical professionals are operating under. And they're doing it with a straight face. I mean, this is absolutely baffling. You could run a medical clinic. You could run the CDC out of a kindergarten class and have more logic and reason and valid questions as to how we're operating and probably make more sense of your decision-making. But, but here we have the shots that may work, may not work, but they definitely aren't vaccines. And we're forcing these things in everybody's arm. As a matter of fact... If you're in New York City, you can't go to dinner in public without these shots that are acting as therapeutics, maybe, on a good day. But over here, we've got these monoclonal antibodies, and we know they work, and pretty much every study that you run against them says that they work. You talk to people who get the antibody infusions, 85% of people who get the antibody infusions within like 7 to 10 days fully recover never go to the hospital. It reduces hospitalizations by 85%. So that's the monoclonal antibodies. What's, what's Biden's administration doing? They're cutting off supply. You can't make this stuff up. They are cutting off supply to a life-saving treatment while pushing these shots over here, which have all kinds of issues with them, and they are making sure that we do not run out of Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson shots. I, you, you put this together, and this is like a novel, but it's a horror novel. 
And it's one thing for me as a healthy 28-year-old to be talking about this. Okay, I can't get antibody infusion. So what? I don't have any comorbidities. But I'm not everybody. And there are people, high-risk people, in their 40s, 50s, early 60s, that will not get, will not have access to these antibody infusion treatments because the Biden administration is blocking delivery of the supplies. I mean, you, 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 you change Biden's name with Trump's name and you have the Trump administration blocking a life-saving treatment from being distributed to New York or California, they would be impeaching him seven times over. He would be, the HHS secretary would be called before the Senate. Sir, you've got to answer for this. Why are y'all not distributing these life-saving treatments? But Biden does it. Becerra does it at the HHS. Well, so what? So what? Florida doesn't deserve to have the same life-saving treatment as New York and California. And so we're going we're gonna to go the equitable route. <laughs> Uh, this should be like a federal investigation. Where's the FBI? Well, speaking of the FBI, the FBI is too busy banging down James O'Keefe's door. Well, what's James O'Keefe doing? Well, I'll let you let him speak for himself after the break. But the FBI, they're going after, listen to this. I mean, I'm telling you, you can't make this stuff up, but we got to keep fighting. The cynicism level can be pretty high at times. The FBI is going after parents who speak up at school board meetings as domestic terrorists. The FBI is still dispatching hundreds of millions of dollars in resources on people who walked on the Capitol on January 6th. The FBI is knocking down James O'Keefe, a journalist, knocking down James O'Keefe's door, handcuffing him, seizing all of his devices and scouring through all of his personal work devices. But here, we've got the Biden administration blocking life-saving treatment from people who need it, and the FBI is MIA. They're too busy. They're too busy going after the extremist, the white nationalist, and James O'Keefe. They need their priorities Realigned. We'll be back in a few minutes. In honor of the grand opening of the Don Wildman Center for Cultural Transformation on February 1st, AFA will re-release The God Who Speaks on our new streaming platform and in a special limited edition DVD set. The God Who Speaks, tracing evidence for the Bible's inspiration and authority, was originally released in 2018. This special set includes features like two hours of new footage and a Sunday school curriculum. Learn more at thegodwhospeaks.org. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. 
Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. Judy Goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation. What we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about. So we got very, very excited about this opportunity. With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come. We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so we just are really just trying to pray through it. And God gave us great confirmation as we prayed that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net. On American Family Radio, this is Barry McGuire. I'm a car guy here to help you understand God's purpose for your life through the eyes of a layman. You know, it's so easy to live just beyond His perfect will for our lives, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, wondering where God is in the midst of all the problems we brought on ourselves. In spite of all the things that could change our lives forever at any moment without our consent, most of us want to believe we're in control of our lives, and we don't want to give up the facade of that control to anyone, not even God. The polar opposite of this is allowing God to turn everything that's happening to you right now into good which is His purpose to those who love Him and live their lives for His purpose and not their own, enjoying a life that is exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ever ask for or imagine. Your job is to ignite revival outside the walls of your church by moving everyone every day closer to Jesus. For help doing that, go to ROTW.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. You know, last segment, I kind of teased you on the James O'Keefe story. Well, <clears throat> this uh, these, this two-part series here of these clips I'm going to play is when uh, James O'Keefe sat down with uh, Bright Nar- Breitbart News journalist and um, was discussing how the... Uh, James O'Keefe himself had the FBI raid his personal residence and seize his devices that are used for, of course, personal, but also work as a journalist. And James O'Keefe runs Project Veritas. We've played their clips. We've covered their stories here on the show. <clears throat> well, this is uh, uh, this is scary. And this is disturbing, and I'm not being uh, climatic, overly climatic unnecessarily. No, I'm being genuine. This is a journalist, all right? Just like you would have a Washington Post journalist, a Fox News journalist, an American Family News journalist. We have a journalist here who has his house raided by the FBI and his devices seized while he's handcuffed all over a CNN story that Project Veritas had uncovered and yet was about to expose. Let's listen to part one, James O'Keefe. 
A CNN producer you found out has recently been or has been sharing disturbing fantasies right. about their underage stepdaughter with a former sex worker, and you inform CNN. Yeah. So how did that go? Tell us about. His name that. is Rick Salibi. He works for Jake Tapper, and a woman who's a former sex worker who knew him for ten years uh, recorded him, gave us text messages showing him soliciting pictures of his fiance's underage daughter, fourteen years old, also asking this sex worker, former sex worker pictures of her 15-year-old daughter. CNN knows his name. We've broken the story, and we don't know what's going on. We're, what's the status of Rick Salibi? Uh, it was trending on Twitter. Jake Tapp was trending on Twitter. Twitter pulled the video down. So Twitter is now protecting uh, child uh, people, people who are going after children, pedophilia, soliciting pictures of underage people. We're living in a clown world, upside-down world, and Veritas is going to keep push, putting out stories like this. So, so that was James O'Keefe interviewing with a Breitbart journalist at one of one of the one of these events, and he 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 is explaining there that this producer at CNN, Rick Salabi, a former senior producer, rather the networks has since um, he since either left the network or was was terminated, but he's under investigation by the Child Exploitation Unit of the Fairfax County Police Department. And, of course, the police department can't provide further details on an ongoing investigation. Um, but James O'Keefe is investigating this, and he has he has information on this uh, CNN producer that Project Veritas was investigating Uh, CNN says that he resigned more than two weeks ago, and this story was published on December 30th, so just a couple days ago. Well, listen to this next clip. This is part two. Listen to what the FBI does in response to Project Veritas investigating this former CNN producer. You recently had some people uh, from a certain agency coming after you as well. So what was that like? With the, with the feds? Mm-hmm. Well, well, they, you know, they came into my apartment, they handcuffed me, they took my phones, and it was a gross unconstitutional violation. They can't do that to journalists in this country. We have a First Amendment. The First Amendment makes it clear that you can publish information that someone else gives to you, even if, which we don't believe it was, but even if the information or the document was stolen, you still have a First Amendment, First Amendment right to publish it. So this was a gross overstep by the government and we will be vindicated, and we will get our justice, and we will not be—we will not live in fear. We will not let fear dictate our our actions. Well, there you have it, and and that is James O'Keefe saying that the FBI raided his home, handcuffed him, and seized his devices, and began to wipe his devices or scan his devices and download the data before a judge finally intervened and told the FBI to stop seizing James O'Keefe data. And so that case is ongoing between James O'Keefe and the FBI. But this is why people have issue with the FBI. This is why people have issue with the FBI. And you hear the caveat, we hear it all the time, you know, 99% of the FBI are good, law-abiding, constitutionally enforcing uh, agents. Okay. Yeah, maybe 99%. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen a study. 
the va- it is true that the vast majority of the shenanigans are coming out of Washington, D.C. They're coming out of the Department of Justice, coming directly out of the FBI headquarters. We saw this under the Trump administration. They investigated the sitting president for over a year, spent, spent millions of dollars with Robert Mueller, only to find out that the entire investigation was based on a faulty premise. But it's turning out that the FBI is basically being used like the KGB is used in Russia. And this is, this is not new. I mean, we've seen the FBI and administrations go after journalists in the past. This happened under Obama. It happened some under Trump. And now it's happening under Biden. But the same government, the United States federal government, this is the same government that does these press conferences and, and, and slaps China on the wrist for jailing Hong Kong journalists. This is the same government, the same Department of Justice, that speaks out about how, how bad Vladimir Putin is. How bad Vladimir Putin is. They speak out about how Turkey mistreats journalists, Saudi Arabia mistreats journalists, so on and so forth. But America continues to lose credibility on the world stage and and domestically because the very government that speaks out on international affairs about human rights abuses, on on the abuse and and the denial of First Amendment rights by journalists— the same government that is speaking out, trying to be a moral voice on the world stage on those issues, they're they're deploying FBI SWAT teams to go into journalist homes and wipe their devices. We saw also a FBI team go after James O'Keefe, one of his colleagues, over the uh, Hunter Biden's one of his daughters. Uh, diaries, which who knows where that's going to go. Who knows if that diary even exists, what's in it. There's a lot of theories out there. I don't know. But nonetheless, the FBI raided another Project Veritas journalist over that story. What were they looking for? Were they looking for the diary? Did the journalist commit a crime? Probably not. I doubt it. Um, But that should be concerning to each and every one of us that the... um, the FBI keeps raiding journalist homes. Uh, that is not a good practice. And that's what happens over in China. It's what happens in all these third world countries where there is no First Amendment. So the FBI needs to stop raiding journalist homes. How about that for a change? And actually start investigating, I don't know, maybe uh, MS-13, maybe investigate the cartels that are shipping all the opioids across the border, killing over 100,000 Americans last year. Maybe the FBI should investigate all the cyber criminals that are hacking all of our personal information. Maybe the FBI should investigate what happened in 2020 with the election, get to the bottom of all the abnormalities when it comes to the 2020 election. Nope, we've got to go after James O'Keefe. Sorry, we're too busy. We've got to go after James O'Keefe. Maybe let's investigate the president. Let's investigate Joe Biden and his business dealings with the Chinese Communist Party. Maybe we'll look at that. Send a SWAT team to investigate 
Uh, maybe let's go after uh, Joe Biden's personal attorney. You know, like we did Michael Cohen. Let's raid the attorney's office, seize all of the attorney's private confidential documents and rummage through them all. How about we do that for a change? No, no, no. We got to go after James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe is the top priority. Um, <clears throat> jumping back into a couple of stories for today. The uh, By the way... The Biden administration, they rejected, this is a Vanity Fair story, so don't laugh. I get it. It's from Vanity Fair. But it's the only outlet that I could find that had the most information about the story. <laughs> so we're going with it for now. But this is a VanityFair.com piece about how the Biden, the Biden administration rejected an October proposal for free rapid tests for the holidays. And the only reason this is relevant is because now the Biden administration as of about a week or two ago, is claiming to be launching this nationwide sent uh, COVID test to everybody campaign. Well, as it turns out, in October twenty-two, uh, on October twenty-second, um, a group of COVID nineteen testing experts joined a Zoom call with officials from the Biden administration and presented a strategy for overhauling America's approach to testing. The ten-page plan would enable the U.S. to finally do what many other countries have already done, put rapid at-home COVID-19 testing into the hands of average citizens, allowing them to screen themselves in real time and thereby help reduce transmission. So anyway, this plan was scrapped by the Biden administration, or rather not picked up by the Biden administration until about a week ago. And so now they're going that route. And as I mentioned, it's a terrible idea. It sounds great on paper are on the surface, and you're like, yeah, testing for everybody. Uh, that's really not a good thing, folks, because the pandemic is only going to be a t pandemic as long as we make it a pandemic. Because what we could do here is we could just first, let's stop testing everybody, okay? Let's stop testing everybody. Let's stop having this testing hysteria. If you've got a cold, stay home, all right? But let's stop testing everybody. Trump said the same thing, and they went after him, badgered him. Oh, no, no. How dare you hint that we should not test everybody? We got to test everybody. But let's stop testing everybody, and let's start treating everybody. How about that? Let's stop blocking the monoclonal antibody treatments around the country, and let's stop testing literally everybody. Um, instead, and, and and the antibody treatments, you know, that's a big story. That's a big story. There should be an investigation right now. Why is Congress not investigating this? That the Department of Health and Human Services is blocking treatment to Americans all across the country, and they've even admitted it. The uh, <clears throat> last story I want to get to is about China. And I'm going to play this clip here. This goes back a couple of weeks, but this is President Trump doing an interview saying that China has to pay for what they've done to the country. China has to pay for what they've done to the world by letting this COVID-19 out of the lab in Wuhan and spread around the world. Clip one, let's listen. I think the origins are so obvious. They came out of the Wuhan lab and I think if anybody thinks anything differently, they're just kidding themselves. So you can ask, China has to pay. They have to do something. They have to pay reparations. And China doesn't have the money to pay those reparations. 
I believe that worldwide, I'm not just talking United States, worldwide, $60 trillion of damage, $60 trillion. China doesn't have $60 trillion, but they have to do something to make up what, for what they've done. What they've done to the world is so horrible. It's been horrible all over the world. And it doesn't stop. Remember, Biden was going to do a wonderful job on COVID, right? He was going to do a wonderful job. He's done a horrible job. Look at what's gone on. Today, we set a record on cases, a record. This was supposed to be a way. All right, so, so that's President Trump talking about how China has to pay, literally, for what they've done, allowing this virus out or releasing it, we don't really know, from Wuhan. But another angle here is how beholden... America is, and, and the, much of the world, to China. For example, you wonder why these major corporations, you wonder why the NBA and these other uh, institutions, corporations, so on and so forth, you wonder why they're so not only hesitant to speak out against China and their human rights abuses, but you wonder why they're so apologetic for China. Well, one example is this weekend I'm putting together a set of beds for my twins that we ordered. Well, I look in the box and it says <clears throat> made from China. Now, this is an American corporation we ordered the beds from, but the beds were made in China. And you go, well, yeah, Walker. I mean, look at the back of your T-shirt. It's probably made in China, too. And I'm not oblivious to that, but here's the problem. <clears throat> China produces so much of our goods for so many of our corporations and so many of the pharmaceutical companies that overnight they could, they could, they could ban shipments, exports into America and deal a huge blow to the American economy. And that's a position we do not need to be in. We need to get out of our reliance on China. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.